the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. We're saying that usually what God wants to do is to help us to respond properly, biblically, godly to the tough situations of life and our job situations. And we need to ask God for wisdom for what he wants to teach us through these difficulties. No matter how much we like our jobs, sometimes we have tough times at work. And it seems that for many of us, tough times are typical times. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Today on Verse by Verse, we will be continuing a series of lessons devoted to the development of a biblical worldview. No matter how much we might feel like slaves at our jobs, it was and is much tougher for real slaves. In fact, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the owner of one slave who ran away. Without Paul's intervention, who knows what might have happened to Onesimus. In today's class, Pastor Steve has some useful concepts for us to keep in mind when we are having what we sometimes call a rough day at the office. Now maybe you understand why Onesimus uh, fled from Philemon, and there were many like that, truly uh, cruelly treated by their slave owners. Not, not all slave owners were like that, but Enough were like that so that you get the picture that, that that's why Peter had to say, no matter how they treat you, you respond properly. So the application to us is no matter how rough your boss is with you, you are to treat him properly and you are to respond with a submissive, obedient spirit. It was to this and these mistreated slaves that the Apostle Paul says, submit to your masters. Submit to them. Don't complain. Submit. But what if you aren't obedient to your boss? What what if you just refuse to do that? Do you know who really gets hurt the most? You don't. And your boss doesn't. Unfortunately, the Lord does. And that's brought out in Titus chapter 2. That's the sad thing. The Lord gets disgraced. We usually move on to another job and forget about it. The boss hires somebody else and forgets about it. But it's the Lord's testimony who really gets damaged. Titus chapter 2, verse 9 says this. I'm going I'm to read it, and then I'm going to paraphrase it. 9 and 10, urge bond slaves, and it means, you know, slaves, common slaves, to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, which means stealing, but showing all good faith that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. Let me paraphrase it for you. What he's saying is basically this. Look, obey your boss. Don't talk back, don't steal from him, don't complain, don't gripe. And if you do this, and you you act the way you ought to act, if you don't do these things and you do what's proper, the Christian message will be attractive to your unsaved boss. 
That's what he's saying. If you really want your message, the message of the gospel, to be attractive, then you act in an attractive manner. You see, we cannot divorce what we believe from how we behave. We cannot compartmentalize our, our Christian lives. We can't say, now, now it's Sunday, it's church. Now I get dressed nice, and I shake hands, and I look pious, and, and I go through the, all the songs, and I, do, I go through the motions, and I sing, and I give, and I worship. And I, but then when I'm at work, I'm a different person. We can't do that and be consistent with the scriptures. That's hypocrisy. That's inconsistency. And that's what hurts the gospel more than anything else. And so the Bible would, would say to us, make sure that you're consistent. What you are at home, be at work. What you are at work, be at church. What you are at church, be at, be at home. And all of this with the, with the view that we are living uh, letters and a testimony for Christ. Our Christian, uh, Christian testimony is really affected by our work. And, and that's what I think the scripture really wants us to see. How you work really affects the gospel. Even when you don't think anybody is watching, they're watching, maybe not all the time, but they're watching, and they're taking notice. And listen, you ought to be different. You ought to say, look, I don't care if others complain. I'm not going to complain. I don't care uh, if others gripe. I'm not going to. I don't care if others steal and if they say, well, you know, I can be a few minutes late. It won't get me in trouble. If the boss says you're to be there at 8 or 8.30 or 9, whatever, then you be there at that time and you be different and your Christian testimony is at stake. We're called to be different in every walk of life. In fact, that is the message of Ephesians 4. If you're a new man, a new woman, a new person in Christ, then be different in all of your life, in every area of life. So our approach to work and a proper attitude affects our Christian testimony. Now, in all fairness to the Christian community, we have to say that there are a lot of Christians who realize this, and we praise God for that. Uh, they realize that their Christian testimony is on the line, so they are at their best behavior when working for an unsaved employer. But the question is, what about when you work for another Christian? There's a tendency to lay down our, our, and drop our guards when we're working for Christians. Let me show you what I mean. First Timothy addresses this issue. It's amazing how practical the Bible is on this very issue because it's so important. First Timothy chapter 6. Let all who are under the yoke of slaves regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine may not be spoken against. That's sort of what Titus is saying. Okay? But Paul says to Timothy, he takes it a step further, and he says in verse 2, and let those who have believers as their masters, those who have Christian bosses, believers as masters, not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren. You say, oh, why would you do that? Well, let me tell you why you would do that, because there's a tendency when we work for a Christian to take advantage of that Christian, to think, look, he's a brother. He's not going to, you know, not going to treat me badly. In fact, uh, he's going to treat me in a favorable light. And there's a tendency to take advantage of him. Think that he'll never fire me. I'm his brother in Christ. He understands that, you know, I need a few minutes during lunch to uh, uh, to to witness or personal devotions or relax a little bit. He, under, he understands that. And we begin to think that we can get away with certain things that others can't get away with. It's not going to be tough on me. It's my brother. I mean, we go to the same church together. We, we worship together. He wouldn't do that. Well, Paul says that's wrong. And he goes on to say, let them serve them all the more. 
Because those who partake of the, of the benefit are believers and beloved. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, in essence, if you work hard for an ungodly man, then how much more should you work for a brother in the Lord? One who is part of the family. If you would work hard, and you should, for an unsaved, ungodly person who you, you love, how much more should you work for a saved brother who you have uh, that love and yet even a deeper family love for? So you see, the word of God would call us to be even more diligent because he is a brother. We're to work hard, serve them. If you work for a Christian, then you ought to work harder than, than ever. Don't slack off, work harder. How many Christians become disillusioned when they come to work for a Christian organization? And they begin to think that the demands aren't as great. After all, this is the Lord's, the Lord's work, and the Lord's work is often characterized as being mediocre. I mean, out in, the, out in the real world is where they work for money. Here we just work for the Lord, so we have to work harder out there. And you see, that's wrong. When you work for the Lord, in fact, uh, I should say a Christian organization, because all of our work is to be for the Lord. But when you work for a Christian organization, you shouldn't slack off. The demands are, are, are just as great. In fact, they're, they're even greater. And Christian bosses should, should have high standards and high demands. And yes, be loving, but also be firm, because... Part of the family. Now we're talking about attitudes. How do we develop godly attitudes towards work? We, we said that the way we, we work differently than others is to develop godly attitudes because actions spring forth from attitudes. But how do we develop godly attitudes towards work? I can answer that very simply. I'll say it in one statement and then we'll probe that. We must begin to think biblically. We must begin to think biblically. For example, let's say you find yourself in a miserable job situation. I mean, it is really rotten. Your job is too demanding, or you don't get along well with the people at work, or uh, perhaps your hours are too long, and you don't, or you don't make the amount of money that you want to make, or perhaps your work isn't challenging. It's just you know become dull and boring. Now, now, there are many other situations like that, but those are some of the most common situations. The easiest thing to do when you're in a, in a difficult circumstance like this or circumstances are to try to change these circumstances, try to get out of them. And, and usually what we try to do is we conclude that the best thing to do is just change jobs. It's the age-old age myth that the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. But what is the biblical approach? That is the, that is the modern society approach to things. That is the way culture says it. Look, if it's too rough, get out. If you don't like it, just go somewhere else, because somewhere else it's going to be better. Really, not always the case. The biblical approach is to learn to respond properly to adverse circumstances. Now, granted, there are some circumstances you probably ought to leave, but we're not talking about that now. Those are unusual, and the Lord will give you special wisdom on that. But we're, we're saying that usually what God wants to do is to help us to respond properly, biblically, godly to the tough situations of life and our job situations. And we need to ask God for wisdom for what he wants to teach us through these difficulties. You know how biblical this is? Let me explain. If you'll turn to James, James chapter 1. James chapter 1, at least the verses I'm going to go over, uh, often uh, 
the context and the true meaning is not brought out. It can be applied to how we apply it, but I want to show you what James really means. You're, let's say you're, you're going through difficult trials, and let's say it's at work. James is not confining it to work, but he says in verse 2 of his first chapter, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Let's say those trials are at work. They don't have to be, but let's say they are. Uh, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. God says, look, these trials are good for you. In fact, uh, one translator translates verse 2, uh, greet trials as friends. They're good for you, something like that. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, a steadfastness, a perseverance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, let's stop there. You're going through a tough time at work. You know what probably comes to your mind? If you're any kind of a thinking person, you might say, why? Why me? Why do I have to go through this? Well, James, in essence, says, I'm glad you asked, because in verse 5, he says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, what wisdom? The wisdom to know why am I going through this trial? That wisdom. If any of you lacks an understanding of why you're in this difficulty, what lesson the Lord has for you, then let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, granted, the, the principle uh, goes beyond this. I mean, if you, if you lack wisdom for any situation, the Lord is certainly going to give it. But what he's saying in its context is if you're going through a difficult situation, regardless of, of where it is and what unique circumstance it is, and you don't know why you're going through that tough situation, then simply ask God for wisdom and ask him to teach you why you're going through it and what lessons he has for you. Now, that is to think biblically. Let me give you some lessons that God may want to teach you, some very practical things. This is not an exhaustive list, but these are some of the lessons that God may be teaching you and wanting to teach you. If you're having a conflict with your boss, maybe God wants you to learn about biblical submission to authority. You know where Peter says that we are to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? You know who the mighty hand of God is? Anybody over you in authority. I know Christians who say, I have no problem if God tells me to do something in his word, but if somebody else tells me to do something, I don't want that. Uh, that is not a submissive spirit. And if you're having a conflict with your boss, it may be that, and may, this may not be the lesson, I'm just giving a suggestion, but it may be that God is saying to you, look, you need to learn to respond to an unreasonable employer. You need to learn to respond to, to authority. And I have found, not only from my own experience or from the experience of others, that if you rebel against that and you go somewhere else and you leave that job, all through life you're going to find people who will remind you exactly of that employer. How about the man who, who can't stand a certain in, uh, employer? He couldn't stand his mother telling him what to do when he was growing up. He can't stand his boss telling him what to do. And, uh, and then he gets married. And you know what he says to his wife? You remind me of my mother. Always telling me what. Why? Because he didn't learn the lesson and the lessons that God wanted him to, to learn when he was in those other situations. And God will not give up with a Christian. God will continue to conform that Christian to his image, the image of Christ, regardless of what he has to do to accomplish that. Better to learn it when you're young, and if, and if not, then learn it now. What about tight finances? You just can't make ends meet. Well, God may be teaching you to live on what you make. 
God may be saying you're living above what you take in. And you you just need to balance your budget. And you need to cut out certain things and you need to live on what you make. Maybe God is, is saying, look, I want to teach you a lesson on the dangers of materialism. You don't have to be like everybody else. You don't have to compete. You don't have to, to uh, uh, live like the people on your, your street or your friends, and you can't compete like that. And you are not to accomplish great wealth. I care about you so much that I want to teach you not to fall in love with material things. Not wrong to have material things, but it's wrong to love them. Or if finances are tight, maybe God is saying, I want you to be generous. I want you to learn to to let go and give it. Not that there's a blanket promise that we have that if we give, God is going to give to us. And uh, But we do have principles in the word of God. If you're stingy, then God's not going to, to bless you in those areas. Or maybe God is trying to say, I want you to give to the Lord's work. And until you do that, I'm going to hold back. From you. You know, it could be a variety of lessons, but when you're going through tough situations and tight finances are those, you have to say, Lord, give me wisdom. What are you trying to say? Or here's another lesson. If you are being treated unjustly and unfairly at work, and many are, maybe the lesson for you is concerning patient endurance and suffering. Maybe God wants to teach you humility. You say, but that's, it's not fair what I'm going through. Exactly. Exactly. It's not fair that what, what Christ went through. It's not fair what the early church went through in persecution. It's not fair that Christian slaves had to, had to be treated this way. Uh, life is often not fair. And God's, God may be saying, I want you to learn endurance in unfair situations. I want you to learn humility. I want you to be uh, unjustly treated so that you might you might understand a little bit more about the sufferings of Christ and the sufferings of, of your brethren, especially those behind the Iron Curtain, give you a great sensitivity towards them. Humility. That's right. How about the, if there are pressures at work? Maybe, and these are very general and very broad, maybe God is trying to tell you, look, you have pressure because you haven't done a good job. The pressure is on because I want to teach you to be faithful, to do a, a, an honest day's uh, work, uh, to do it unto me and, and to be responsible. Maybe there's pressure because you're just not working as hard as you should. Or how about if you have the fear and insecurity over the possibility of being let go or fired? And many people are, uh, have that great fear and they walk in fear. God's lesson for you may be this. Son, daughter, depend upon me. Your security is not in in the boss. Your security is not in the paycheck. Your security is in me. Depend on me to meet your needs and, and not the job. You just be faithful to me. You see, this is what I mean about thinking biblically. This is what I mean about how to develop those attitudes. And let me kind of bring it all together. The whole point is this, to develop a godly attitude towards work and godly attitudes, plural, towards work, then you need to remember that God is sovereign, is sovereign in your circumstances and in my circumstances. He knows what he's doing. He knows what you're going through. And he's in charge of whatever situation he's allowed to come into your life. You know, Romans 8.28 fits in here just as well as any other situation. We know that all things work together for good to those who know the Lord. And that's even applies to your job. 
I remember years ago that warehouse job that I told you about. Um, I worked there for five months. Uh, I was not treated very fairly. I was uh, not told the truth. And then uh, shortly after Christmas, even though they told me that I could work longer, they let me go. And I won't give you all the details of it, but it was a devastating time for me. It was a depressing time as I uh, had no money coming in. But you know, all things work together for good because being let go there uh, opened the door for the Lord to put me in the ministry quicker than I thought I would be here at Lakeside. The Lord knows all about your work problems and your, those situations, and, and he sovereignly placed you in that situation. He, he's not slumbering. He's not sleeping. He knows exactly what's going on. And it's in that situation that God wants to teach you valuable lessons. Don't run. Don't avoid it. Receive those trials with joy because God is using it to make you more like his son. Our job is to respond properly to our work situations. That's it. Just respond properly. God's job, his responsibility, is to take care of all the other things. He'll meet our needs. We're just to be faithful, and we are to respond properly, even if no one else does. That's how a Christian is to work. Differently, uniquely, godly. Doing it unto the Lord, doing it for the Lord, doing it with a proper attitude as unto him, as different, honest, with the proper motives, with our testimony at stake, and with the attitude of God, teach me what you want me to learn. Shall we bow for prayer? I don't know what you're going through at work, but most of us struggle with work. Most of us are having difficult times. Will you let God teach you? Are you open to him? If you're not, then all the preaching in the world won't mean anything. You have to be open. Will you say to him tonight, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. What are you trying to teach me? What are the lessons you have for me? God promises if any man asks for wisdom, he will give. Don't doubt that God will give it. Because James says that we shouldn't doubt, but God will give it. You can be sure of that. And you can trust that he cares about you and he cares about your work situation. Will you reach out and just say, Lord, give me wisdom. Teach me as your child. And he will. And watch in the next few days, weeks, months. Just remember that you prayed that tonight and watch God teach you. I don't know how, but he'll do it. Just be open and responsive and submissive to the great lessons of life that he has for you. Father, help us to be different at work. Lord, we talk so much about being Christians and being different and help our lifestyle to really back up our words. Sometimes it's hard to take a stand for you. Sometimes it's difficult to be different because we stand out and we get ridiculed, and it's a, it's a form of persecution. But Lord, I pray that you help us to have godly attitudes towards those we work for, towards those who work under us, to be different, to be unique, to be godly. Lord, help us to think biblically and to understand you're sovereign. You make no mistakes. For those, Lord, who have been open to you and have called out in an honest, sincere prayer tonight and asked you to give them wisdom about their uh, trials and difficulties at work, I thank you that you're going to answer that in your own unique way. I just pray that you'll help them and remind them that they prayed that tonight and remind them when the lessons do come that this is from you 
and help them, Lord, and help all of us to be responsive to those great lessons that come from you. For all of this, Father, we pray in the name of our Savior, even Jesus, the Christ and our Lord. Amen. Amen. And thank you, Pastor Steve, for those helpful points. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. It's a daily radio Bible class taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you find yourself in the Clearwater area on a Sunday morning, we would be delighted to have you worship with us. Lakeside is located at 1893 Sunset Point Road. That's about midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. These programs are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. You can find us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. You can learn more about Verse by Verse and how you can help keep us on the air. We also have many of our classes available online so that you can listen to them or download them for later. Today's class concluded a two-part message. If you would like to hear it all at once, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave a name and a number, and we will call you back during regular business hours so that you can order a CD or a cassette. We all hear about the rat race, buying things we don't need with money we don't have in order to impress people we don't like. Or perhaps we just like stuff. Some people say that whoever dies with the most toys Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.